At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Let me just say uh, that American Financing would like you to... Uh, look at your your mortgage, consolidate your debts at a lower interest rate, explore other types of loans. Uh, you know, there's some there's some things going on. Rate hikes are coming. If not, inflation just is going to keep barreling through. But rate hikes most likely are coming. What does that mean for you? Um, your credit card interest is going to go up. Anything that you owe uh, that you don't have locked into a, a fixed rate, it's going to go up by a lot. So please consider calling American Financing now, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. They don't work for the big banks, they work for you. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about inflation. Also, how to research your bank's um, ESG activity. How, How do you find... Uh, the the bank that you should be banking with at this point. We have Carol Roth joining us here in a second. Stand by. That it is. That it is. It's my birthday, and somebody just sent me some amazing cake. But the good news is we have Carol Roth here, so I can eat while she's talking about some very, very important things. (laughs) The new inflation numbers are out. What does this mean to you, your pocketbook? It's worse than they were expecting. What a surprise. We go there in 60 seconds. So, so rough greens, which is not a dog food, it is a little like, well, I just got this mm, big box in from the Cake Girl, season four. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, yeah. Glam. Hope it's the sweetest ever. <laughs> Thank you for all your support. Means the world to us, the Cake Girl team. Probably shouldn't talk with your mouth full, but well, it's hard not to when your mouth is full, and, and you, you have talk, to talk. You talk for a living, you know what I mean, <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> if you've never heard of the Cake Girl, <clears throat> go to her, go to her uh, Instagram page. They make these little—I don't even know—they're jars of in cake, a jar, and they are so so good. 
unbelievably good. Anyway, we were supposed to be talking about rough greens, which I think our dogs feel like rough greens like we feel about the cake girl. Um, <clears throat> your dog will love it. My dog did not eat his food ever. I had to hand feed him. It was just a nightmare every time we had to feed Uno. Now he runs to the bowl and it, we, we feed him the same dry kibble food. It's not a food with rough greens. It's a supplement you put on the food, and they not only love it, but I'm telling you, they change. Try this. You can get a free bag just to try out, make sure your dog loves it. If your dog loves it half as much as Uno does, keep feeding them the uh, whatever you're feeding them and put rough greens and mix it in. You will see a difference in your dog. Roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. All right. It is always a privilege to have somebody that I honestly have been looking for for 10 years plus somebody who speaks the, you know, common person's language and sees, you know, what's going on with money and can actually not only explain it to the common person, but sees it from the common person's point of view. Like, what does that mean for groceries? Her name is Carol Roth. Uh, she is the author of The War on Small Business. She's a former investment banker, a Wall Street investment banker. And uh, we've invited her on to talk about the new inflation numbers uh, and also the things that you need to do. She wrote a great article on the 11 things. Uh, was it 11 or 10, Carol? It was 11. Uh, with, with, with inflation, it's seven. Glenn. It's seven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that you that everybody needs to do right now. Carol, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. First of all, happy birthday. The good news is with inflation, it is now only your 29th birthday. So <laughs> that's, that's a great. fantastic thing. That is and great. I should have known that uh, we are both Aquarians. It all is like coming together. Yeah, okay. I, I, don't, I don't follow that stuff, but uh, somebody said, Stu has his birthday yesterday. Um, uh, Sarah Gonzalez, who also works here, has her birthday right. this week. And they said, not only guys all kind of think alike, but you're all left-handed. Are you left-handed? I am ambidextrous. And uh, Ooh, I typically off. I typically write with my left hand. I pick sort of one to go with for each activity. And the wow. writing is typically left. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, Carol, um, let's talk about the new inflation numbers. It's worse Ooh. than they thought it would be. And they thought it was going to be bad. Uh, they thought it would be 7.2. It's now 7.5. Is that three point difference, you know, or three tenths of a point difference? Is that significant? Uh, I mean, it's significant if you're going out and you're shopping and buying gasoline and okay. trying to live your life, certainly. Um, <laughs> but other than that. <laughs> yeah, other than that. Um, it's significant in terms of the market and the Federal Reserve and the decisions that they are going to make in terms of raising interest rates and how fast they do it, how often they do it, and how big those might be. So th we, we knew, well, any, anybody with a brain could have predicted this entirely predictable outcome. We knew that it was going to be a very high number. The fact that it is slightly higher than the high number that everybody was projecting means that it puts more 
pressure on the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates, which ends up flowing through the economy. So if you're somebody sitting at home going, well, you know, why do I really care about that? Well, it ends up flowing through and affecting things like mortgage rates and credit card rates and likely and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. The one thing that it probably won't, unfortunately, um, affect that much is the rate that you get on your savings in the bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, it would. But in the scenario that we've had uh, over the last, you know, (laughs) couple of years, years, but even the last sort of 10 to 15 years is the reality is the banks don't need that much money to be able to lend. So of course, the individual consumer is getting screwed in all of this. Um, and you know, that is how it really impacts. You know, it's really amazing to me. Um, there was a big meeting on Wall Street held with the president and he just it happened just uh, either this week or late last week. And he went over inflation and everything that is happening I don't really even know what he said, but he's telling everybody on Wall Street, he's telling everybody in the big banks, prepare, buckle up. And he's not saying that to the American people. We are really, for the first time, I feel the power of the elites. They don't seem to care about the average person. No, I mean, you can see in the telegraphing of the inflation, either the people who are making multi-trillion dollar decisions either don't have any idea what they're doing or they are blatantly lying because anybody with a brain could have figured this out. They told us there wasn't going to be inflation. It wasn't going to be material. It was going to be, quote unquote, transitory. That word that we heard over Mm -hmm. and over again, media is repleting. Then we heard it was going to be good for you. It was only going to impact the rich. you know, I remember back last 4th of July while they were trying to tell us how great it was. We were going to save 16 cents on our 4th of July barbecue. Right. Now we have the highest inflation rate in 40 years. And the reality is that some of the costs you know, really haven't started to flow through the system. Right. You have companies like Coca-Cola and Unilever who are just now talking about um, the ability for them to pass pricing increases onto the consumer, which means that they have not finished doing that yet. You have you know, all of these jobs yet to be filled, which means people are going to come in and demand higher wages. That is going to flow through the companies, make it more expensive for them to operate, not only for their own employees, but from all of their vendors and suppliers employees who are now having to raise their prices. And so that means that's going to get passed on to you. And then that means, okay, well, I need more money to live. So I'm going to go back and ask for a raise. And this ends up in something that's called a wage price spiral, uh, which, again, means that your dollar is buying fewer goods and services. Right. And once you hit that spiral, it is really hard. That's what you know, that's why when inflation was coming and Joe Biden was like, you know, the reason why people aren't working, you got to pay them more. And I thought you can't spend this money and tell companies to pay people more because when inflation hits, that spiral begins. And how do you get out of it except higher interest rates? I mean, this is the point that I've been making for so long is people want higher wages. But if your wages don't keep pace with inflation um, or even exactly with inflation, uh, you're not getting anything more. So all of a sudden we're going to end up paying twenty three dollars for a slice of pizza. Sure, you'll have a higher wage in terms of the headline number, but it's not buying anything more. It's that buying power that we really care about. And unfortunately, because we don't have financial literacy and economic literacy, 
democracy in this country, even though you know we pay for the education, we should. Um, you know, this is the mentality of too many people, and they keep pushing these programs um, and this agenda that keeps stoking inflation and decreasing the purchasing power for the average American. And I really think this is going to work because of an uneducated um, uh, country. This build back better is now being billed as we're going to pay for your uh, health care. We're going to pay for your child care. Uh, we're going to help you out with your rent. Yes. All of these giveaways, which is not that that is. I mean, remember, build back better is about infrastructure, about changing everything. <laughs> That's this is the stuff they want people to focus on. But when you. Uh, hold that out to people who can't make their rent, can't afford child care, then the longer this plays out and they will get this through at some point because they're causing all of the problems and people won't realize, well, that's going to make things much worse. Absolutely. It not only gets more people on the government dole, it puts more into the government purview, but then it ends up increasing the costs for everybody. All you have to look at to see this playing out is the nationalization of the student loan industry and what happened um, to the price of college once the United States government decided that they were going to be the primary lender. And unfortunately, again, because we don't have this sort of core financial literacy, now you're getting these college who are selling you know high five and six figure educations that are worth a fraction um, of that frankly to, to teenagers I mean the government is the largest predatory lender in mm -hmm. the entire country and you're gonna see the same thing if they start doing this um, you know with things like you know daycare and, and you know other services those are going to continue to increase in cost and the cost of living for everybody is going to go through the roof and we are not going to have the wealth creation opportunities. We're going to end up best case scenario uh, like Europe in a giant welfare state and worst case scenario, you end up like Venezuela. It is terrifying because it seems to me that we are on the track of Venezuela um, not a welfare state. I don't see how you stop this with the current thinking, not only in Washington, but in business, the thinking of BlackRock that now is taking people's investment money and they have openly admitted it's part of their policy. We don't necessarily look for the best return on investment. We learn, we look for the best return uh, for the environment and social justice and governance. I don't think the people who are putting their hard earned 401k money into the hands of Vanguard or uh, or, um, you know, BlackRock are really that interested in uh, social justice over return on investment. And no one is telling people this. They are impoverishing people while they're getting wildly wealthy. Yeah, all of this is the disruption of the free market, freedom, choice, transparency, 
guardrails of property rights and basically, you know, a whole bunch of people making decisions. Instead, we are moving towards a situation where you have a handful of people who are making decisions on behalf of everybody. They're using force, coercion and control. And as we've seen, I mean, look at the inflation scenario, which has been entirely caused by the government. When you have a handful of people who are making these decisions, they say they know better, but they never do. They just don't have all of the information that is processed when you have millions or billions of transactions going on. And so the idea that they can engineer, oh, here's where we think the dollars should be going, not based on any business metrics, but just based on their pet projects, it's no different than the government doing that allocation. And it does, it decreases innovation, it decreases choice, um, and it threatens you know, our position as that innovative leader in the world. Unfortunately, and I've said this to you before, you know, we are that skinniest kid at fat camp. Um, so you know, we don't have another country out there that's really in a great position to step in and fill that void. And uh, uh, you know, that's unfortunate, not just for the United States, but for the world. Yeah. You know, what uh, is terrifying about that is um, that's that's what I guess you could tell yourself if you were in a cancer ward and uh, everybody had cancer worse than yours, but yeah. yours was still maybe terminal, but you'll be the last one to die. That right. That's not comforting, at least to me. That's that's assuming that no one out there in the entire world, no country is going to say, you know what? Screw this. Let's do something entirely different. I mean, that's what America did in 17 in the 1700s. Yeah. We said, screw this. It doesn't work. Somebody is going to do that at some point, And then we're screwed. Um, it's it's just not good. Uh, I want to talk to you. I'm going to take a one minute break and then I want to talk to you about um, what people should do for inflation. You, I thought you, you have some really good tips for the average person. Um, and uh, and then I want to talk to you about how to find a bank. How do you find the right bank? We'll do that here in uh, just a second. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. By the way, you want to understand what happened during COVID and the war on small business. Make sure you get Carol's book, The War on Small Business. Um, it it outlines everything that, that happened and why they did it. Uh, let me tell you about American Financing. A lot more to mortgage refinance than just a lower rate. It's an opportunity to access uh, to access home equity, fund home improvements, maybe, and I highly recommend this, pay off high interest debt before the rates rise again. All of these things are more possible when you give American Financing a call. American Financing, the only lender I have ever recommended. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you, not the bank. They're not getting kickbacks from the bank. Uh, you know, can you just push people into this? They don't do that. Make the call to American Financing today. A loan with them could change your financial future right now. You can skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. Out of respect for our guest, I will not take another spoonful of the cake girl, uh, 
cake that was sent to me on my birthday until, you know, our next commercial break. Uh, Carol, um, talk about what the average person needs to do right now or needs to think about right now to protect themselves from this coming inflation. Okay, I will, but I have to say, I want to jump through that screen and have some of that cake because oh, it looks absolutely amazing. You have to have, I've never, I grew up at a bakery. This is the greatest invention. It's cake in a, it's like, it's not a cupcake, but it's cake in like a jar or a cup. And it is so unbelievably good. Anyway. That's a, that's amazing. I appreciate the respect for not yeah. tempting me with yeah. that. <laughs> uh, so it's really important if you are a family and you do not have a budget that now is the time to make one. And you have to really look at your different expenses. If you have subscription services that you're not using, uh, normally I'm mm-hmm. able to cut out a couple hundred of those a year. Yeah, uh, if you have a, a trip that you think that you might be taking, you really need to dial back because we don't know where this inflation is going. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where you don't have the money um, to pay for you know, your typical goods and services or even our, your heating bill. I mean, who knows what that's going to end up looking like for this month. Um, I mean, that's really that's really one of the reasons we just talked to a guest a little while ago. That's one of the reasons why um, the prime minister of England is on the verge of losing his gig. It's not just because of those parties. The cost of energy is crippling England and it's happening all over the West. It's about to happen here. Yes, and thank God we've traded our oil pipes for crack pipes that really helped us in the situation (laughs) and the entire world. Um, But yes, you're going to want to make a budget. You're going to want to see where you can call back and and save some money and put some away for emergency in case the inflation gets out of hand. The other thing that you want to do, and this is, you know, right out of the playbook that you outline in your book, The Great Reset, um, Glenn, the, the elites do not want you to own anything. They, they say you will own nothing and you will be happy. And so the way to combat that is to make sure that you own as much as possible. That means assets that are going to appreciate and value. So whether it's your own home, whether it's other home or land that you're able to rent out, whether it's building a business, whether it's stock options and somebody else's business, whether it's 401k matching from your employer to go out and continue to invest in high quality companies. um, That's what you want to do. You need to have ownership. And of course, if things go south, um, guns, ammunition and seeds are always Mm -hmm. going to have (laughs) bartering value. But you want to you want to have that tangible ownership because that's what creates wealth. And I also, you know, you said you want to, you want to put some money away. Um, it, it, we're not at this point yet, but we um, could quickly get there to think like the Germans did. And they were accused of hoarding early on. Just don't tell anybody you're doing it. When you go to the grocery store, buy extra of everything and put it away because your money will continue to lose value in the bank. Yes. But the food price will continue to go up. So the money you're losing in inflation, you're actually gaining in everything that you have to use every single day. Buy those things now and store them. Absolutely. I mean, especially the things that uh, aren't perishable, the perishable right. items, you know, it's not as, as much of an issue for. But you, if you do have that long term um, ability to store each day, your dollars worth less and less. So it makes a lot of sense. OK, Carol, can you hold on for just I'm sorry to hold you over one more time, <laughs> but um, I, I do want you to talk about your bank's ESG score and yeah. activity, how you find that and 
you know, where do you go from there? Carol Roth, the author of The War on Small Business. And you can find her also at carolroth.com. Back in just a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. On 9-11, about 3,000 people were killed in a terrorist attack on American soil. And there was one group that got together and said, we've got to take care of these families. And it was Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They have been supporting not only the families, they have, they have expanded and they now uh, go to the soldiers that are wounded. Many of them just critically um, wounded, come back and they don't have limbs, et cetera, et cetera. They're all taken care of, the, not just the veterans, but also all of the cops. If a cop is shot in the line of duty, Tunnels Towers is the foundation that comes and takes the mortgage pressure off of that family to make sure that the family doesn't have any more trauma. This is a class act of people. Tunnel to Towers Foundation. I would like to ask you to donate $11 a month at T2T.org. T, the number two, T.org. $11 a month maybe a couple of cups of uh, coffee but it will really help heal those who fight for you every day check out my show pat gray unleashed every weekday live seven to nine eastern or anytime anywhere you get your podcast we're talking to carol roth um carol BlackRock, a company that most people a year ago had no idea it even existed. Now, more and more people know about it, and it is trending on Twitter today. This is a company that has just absorbed Barclays, J.P. Morgan. I mean, this is the powerhouse of hedge funds now and really setting the pace for all of this horrible wicked stuff that is happening with esg etc they're they're uh trending today is it because of their stance on crypto that is making them trend yeah so blackrock it's interesting you're one of the biggest most powerful companies in the world they are the biggest asset manager they have around 10 trillion in assets under management uh, for their last report and they have well they haven't announced but it has been announced and they're sort of shuffling around uh, on whether it's true or not that they are going to be getting into the crypto trading business so they have an online platform and they're going to allow um, their institutional clients to trade crypto and it sounds like potentially use it for lending it was unclear on whether they will be their clients will be able to oh. pledge crypto as collateral or they whether they would be able to get a loan to buy crypto or maybe both but that's what's got twitter okay so morning. here's the problem they are involved with every central bank in the West. I mean, they are—they have $20 trillion of just central bank money that they control and invest. They are now investing for the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, the Treasury, they have two heads of their company, former heads of their company, in with the Treasury. One, is, Another one is an advisor for the president, the chief economic advisor. The other one is the chief economic advisor for the, for the vice president. So they're everywhere. The government is currently and the Treasury going after cryptocurrency. (laughs) 
What? How? How does this make sense? Uh, there's sort of the simple answer, and then there's you know, sort of the hypothetical answer. The simple answer is money. That they're institutional clients, and they have, as I said, uh, you know, the, the most assets under management in the world. If the institutional clients are demanding it, they don't want to risk those clients going elsewhere. Mm. So, if you know that they want to be part of the money play, but I think that there's also um, something else going on, and whether it's the government going after cryptocurrency, whether it's um, potentially creating a digital dollar instead of an open source crypto um, currency. If you are BlackRock, right? Right now, you are on the outside of crypto looking in. But if you all of a sudden become a significant player, what does that give you? That gives you access to information. And information is power and information is money. And so they will have that really bird's eye view of what's happening, what the demand is, who's trading and how it's being traded. And that could be very instrumental in potentially helping to shape policy. So that would be, again, I, don't, I have no knowledge of this. Yeah, 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 just, I know. You know, Carol sort of going through the, the strategic, yeah, the strategic yeah. rumble and thinking sure. that you know if I were if I were interested in weighing in on this I would certainly want to have better access to information and what better access to information if than if I control that information uh, we're talking to Carol Roth a former investment banker she calls herself a recovering investment <laughs> banker and she cares deeply about um, our country and Main Street and the regular person and trying to get the word out on what is coming uh, and I so appreciate you Carol um, I have been giving the advice, get to a savings and loan or get to a local, local, local bank that keeps their loans local and invests in the local community. Get away from anything ESG. A lot of people are, you know, writing to me and going, Glenn, I I mean, I don't know what I'm even looking for. I don't know how to judge these banks. Can you help? Absolutely. Well, definitely everybody has a different financial profile. So you need to make the decisions that are best for you based on your goals, objectives, risk, all those kinds of things. But I also have been getting, since talking to you and the fact that you're highlighting this in your book, The Great Reset, uh, a lot of inquiries from people saying, you know, I'm interested in staying away from these financial institutions that are very heavy into ESG. I don't know how to research it. So I wrote a piece for The Blaze. And what you have to understand is that there are a handful of institutions and individuals who are driving this. And there are a whole bunch of others that are sort of jumping on the bandwagon and really have no idea what it means either, but they want a virtue signal about it. If this is something that is important to a company, they are going to advertise it because they think they're the good guys. They think that they're doing the right thing. And they think that you care about this um, in the opposite way that you probably care about this. So the best thing to do is to take a look first at their website to see if they have any mentions of ESG or other words that are like ESG, things like socially responsible investing or sustainable mm -hmm. investing. That becomes a clue. But a lot of companies don't update their websites that often. So you're also going to want to do a you know a quick internet search, um, look at press releases and look at articles. And again, don't jump to conclusions, but use this to help to inform you how, you know, how serious do they seem about it? You can check their social media accounts 
sense? Is this something that they're putting out on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? Again, if it's really important to them, those are the kinds of places they're going to want to be showing it off that they're a quote unquote great citizen. Um, and then you can also ask for their own financial institution annual report. You can ask if they have an ESG report and you can ask their representatives, is this something that's important to you as, for, as an organization? And if it hasn't made it down to the representatives again to say, oh, yes, this is something that's important. It doesn't guarantee that it's not floating around somewhere, but you know that it's not um, an important tenant. And frankly, I would I advise will, people. I, I, hang ahead. on just a second. I will tell you that we had, and I won't mention the bank, uh, one of the big banks that is a driver of this tell us a year ago, no, it's nothing. It's none of that. Really? So, I mean, that's at the highest level. Um, uh, we said, we don't, we, yes, we have it on our website. I mean, there's also a lot of smoke and mirrors. So you really have to, you just have to use your gut on this. Absolutely. And what I would say is we need to use our voices and make it make it known because, again, corporations um, tend to run in risk cycles. They think this is something that people are interested in. Most of them have no idea what it even means. And so if they hear from more people, they don't want it. That is going to impact their Correct. decision making. So if you leave for this reason, if you're comfortable to put your name on it, great. If not, do it anonymously or do it as part of a group. But you should be writing to banks and say, I pulled my money because I don't believe in this. I believe you should be focused on financial centric decisions and all of this other stuff is nonsense. Mm -hmm. So the more feedback that you can give, um, you know, I think the better chance we have to stop it, stop it because you know, the virtue signaling only goes so far. But at the end of the day, if it starts to impact profits, that's going to change things uh, pretty substantially. Yeah. And I would tweet your letter. I would tweet your information and I would come up with a hashtag, you know, whatever the bank is, ESG. Uh, and so people can follow it and others can join you. That will make them uncomfortable. And if they're not dedicated to it, you're right. They will begin to fold. And I would even add do hashtag no ESG, because if they yes. think that it's just ESG, they may think that you're actually pro it and you'll get a conflation of people who Got are good. It. But make it super clear. No ESG. Got it. Um, anything to say about how you pick a bank or a credit union? Credit union, the best place to put your money now? I mean, again, it's very dependent on the individual. I mean, the great thing about a credit credit union is that you are not just a customer, but when you take on an account, you become a member. So you actually get a vote and a say on, on the direction of the business. And that you know can be very important. The trade-off when you go to an institution like that is that it may have a um, less robust technical interface where it may have fewer products and services. So you have to marry what do you need to manage your finance Finances with you know your your key values and find that right fit for you. The most important thing, if you're looking at you know whether it's a, a local financial institution, a credit union, is just to make sure that you do have that insurance. And most of the, them do. Um, a credit union is insured by a different group than FDIC. It's a credit union administration, the NCUA, and they have the same limits. It's I think about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per account. So you want to make sure each account uh, to, to, that you have the high class problem that it doesn't go 
go over right. that limit. Um, but uh, but you want to make sure that they're insured. Do- and then you can look into their history to make sure that they don't have um, a large amount of, of loans that are in default, because that's sort of a key indicator of a bank that could potentially have problems so, or financial institution that have, could have problems. I know with the new law after uh, the 08 crash, they changed it so the the depositor is the is the last in the line to get their money okay the bank can use those deposits to pay everybody else off and you're the last in line because the government covers covers it um is is that true with credit unions like banks do you know you know, I don't have sort of the um, the ins and outs of that, but you know, the less complex the financial institution, um, you know, the the less you have to worry about sort of those right. lines, right? You know, if they're not doing crazy things like derivatives and and crazy right. loans and whatnot, um, you know, the, the more simple and straightforward, you're the higher up in the pecking order you're going to end up being. But the most important thing is that that money is insured um, by the government, you know, at least for the time being, that still has you know some modicum of, uh, of help and, and should give you some comfort. Um, the time you expect interest rates to start to move. So there is a March meeting that's coming up. And I think for the Fed to keep credibility, they probably have to do the first rate hike. Then there is a discussion on whether that is a quarter of a basis point or half a basis point, which is a or 25 basis points or 50 basis points, which is a quarter of a percent or half a percent. Um, I think likely 25 basis points, but it could be as much as as 50. And then we'll have to look at their language to see how they're going to telegraph it for the rest of the year. I mean, some people on Wall Street at this point are are expecting maybe up to six hikes this year, um, which will really throw the the stock market and potentially the economy into jitters. I personally think they're between a rock and a hard place because they don't want the interest rates to rise because of the interest that we have to pay on our $30 trillion of national debt. I think they're going to do everything in their their power to maintain that credibility of doing something, but doing the least amount possible. So I'm more in the camp of maybe three. If we have 5% interest rate, how much of our federal budget goes to paying for that $30 trillion every, every month? So it's probably out of every dollar that you give the government, um, about 30 cents of every dollar will go to servicing interest if we get back to a normalized interest rate of 5%, which is the whole reason, by the way, Glenn, why they have depressed interest rates to this you know, zero level for so long. Correct. Because they're running cover for the government. Carol, thank you so much for all of your work and uh, her article on banks. And uh, she's written a a couple of articles and going to be writing a lot more for uh, Blaze.com. How to Research Your Bank's ESG Activity, uh, theblaze.com. Her name is Carol Roth. You can find her at carolroth.com. You can also find her book, The War on Small Business, uh, wherever books are sold. Thank you, Carol. Appreciate it. Happy birthday. Ah, Thank you very much. All right, Tuttle Twins books. Like most parents, I'm sure you're concerned that your kids are getting their heads filled with something that you're like, what? And then TikTok and YouTube, all our kids are on technology and nonsense abounds. Uh, If it were just that, it would be bad enough. But kids are also being exposed to other bad information, and it is coming from our public schools. The best way to fight bad information is by 
embracing good information. You can't just say, don't listen to that. Uh, Well, it just doesn't work that way. You need to teach them the way the world really works. And the Tuttle Twins books are the best, the best. They teach amazing lessons about how the country was founded, its guiding principles, the free market system, the necessity for small government. Every house should have the Tuttle Twins books. 35% discount off the normal price. They're giving away a copy of their magazine plus all 12 activity books for free right now until Friday night. That's the last night they're going to do it. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the deal. 35% off all of the other bonuses as well. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I just have to play this because the, the idea of what it is to be an American is so upside down right now. Here is Morning Joe. Uh, at MSNBC talking about individualism. Listen. Coming together in a Cold War, uh, our parents grew up at a time where there was rationing to win World War II, uh, where where everybody uh, had to come together uh, during the Great Depression. Uh, and that's now evolved into, uh, and I'll say it on the left and on the right, just this is frail people who, uh, you know, they're, they're so consumed by this hyper individualism, which, of course, uh, the right always attacked the hippie culture in the, the late 1960s for this hyper individualism. Uh, and now, uh, as as Kevin Williamson uh, writes, uh, the it's conservatives who are now having their, quote, hippie moment, hyper individualism. Do what you want to do. Uh, no common good. Nothing that's spelled out, even in 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 in, in the the preamble of the Constitution. There's nothing about the common good. It's all hyper individualism. I have my right to do what I want to do. I don't give a damn about anybody else's no. what they're saying. You and mean it is no. something Just that is stop. tearing this? You mean com- like uh, putting a cross in urine? I don't care. Uh, like my body, my choice. I don't care about the baby's rights. You mean that kind of hyper? And it doesn't do any good. This hyper individualism doesn't do any good. No, it stands against the collective, which is the exact opposite of America. It is the collective is Pol Pot, China, Russia, Germany, uh, Mussolini, Venezuela. That's the collective. No, thank you, Cuba. No, thank you. We have always believed in the power of the individual and government is there to protect our individual rights. Yeah, we believe in individualism and we're not ashamed of it. And we also are the most charitable group of people to ever, ever be on Earth. Why? Because we choose to. The more you take from us and the more you say you can't do that, the government will take, the harder it becomes for us to do the right thing.